0: Welcome to the Tamarind Learning Podcast where host, Cindy Radu, speaks with experts on many topics relevant to the ultra-high net worth family and family office. Cindy was author and co-author of numerous articles related to trusts, family enterprises, and estate planning and co-authored taxation and estate planning in Canada for many years. She also shares her expertise as a consultant, advisor, and educator to those in the family enterprise space. Cindy is the Chief Learning Officer of Tamarind Learning Canada, an online wealth education platform that develops practical foundational learning programs for beneficiaries and their advisors to help them prepare for the responsible stewardship of wealth. Welcome to the Tamarind Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Cindy Radu, Chief Learning Officer for Tamarind Learning Canada. Tamarind Learning is an online wealth education platform that develops practical, foundational learning programs for beneficiaries and their advisors to help them prepare for the responsible stewardship of wealth. As part of the Tamarind Learning Platform, I have the privilege to speak with experts on topics relevant to families of wealth and family offices. Today, I want to welcome Grant Conroy from Vancouver, Canada, as our guest expert. Grant, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us today.
1: Good morning, Cindy. I'm happy to be here.
0: Excellent. Today, before we get into our topic of impact investing, I'd like to introduce you to our listeners. So I understand that you started your career in London in 1996 and was hoping you could tell us a bit about your experience across the pond and how you ended up in Canada.
1: Sure, yes. Um, So I I started, uh, I guess I was drawn to the city um, kind of in London, so like Wall Street, but uh, in London and the bright lights. And uh, I worked there covering uh, asset managers for, initially North American equity markets, and then that kind of borne out to UK equity markets. Um, And so I spent 17 years effectively sat on a trading floor in front of screens, helping asset managers transact um, in eventually in global equities. Uh, So I kind of um, got addicted to the markets, uh, whilst I was there and learned a lot and understood a lot around uh, macroeconomics. Um, And then met my wife, who was from Vancouver, Canada, and I like to say she sort of dragged me back here, but it's a pretty nice place to be. So I had a bit of a career change um, after seven, 17 years in, um, and now I've ended up in private wealth management, kind of the other end of the spectrum uh, of investing. Um, and by that, I really mean that the decision-making is more an emotional end, as whereas well when you're actually transacting in the market it's sort all of about every basis point, uh, and it's less about emotion.
0: So on that point Grant, I think you also um, did your FEA designation uh, a few years ago, I think.
1: Yeah, so um, it, it was interesting. I actually joined a company in Vancouver called Genus Capital Management, and my mother-in-law was one of the co-founders. So the family enterprise advisor program was beneficial from two senses. One, in terms of working with our family and two, in terms of understanding how to service uh, families and we have a lot of multi-generational family clients um, that we work with so it's been invaluable to me and it started a whole journey of learning which as you mentioned Personal Planning Institute has been a big part of as well um, yeah and it's, it's kind of helped me along the way. Excellent
0: I do want to acknowledge that in 2022 Jenis Capital, the firm uh, that Grant works with, won a very prestigious award uh, out of New York called the Family Wealth Report Award in the responsible investing category for impact investing product. So on many levels, uh, we're very fortunate to have Grant as our guest on the topic of impact investing. And Grant, I'd like to just start with the very basic question of what does impact investing actually
1: mean? yeah um and that's a very good question there's a lot of advertising and a lot of uh, confusion around this um and especially at the moment it seems to have become a bit of a buzzword over the last four or five years but effectively it's uh investing in a way to try and seek not only financial return um, but also at the same time having a positive impact environmentally or socially um, i would say that all investing has an impact of some sorts but the term impact investing" really is uh, talking about having a positive impact on an identified problem or goal or area um, in the world.
0: Okay, so that sounds very um, optimistic and um, and forward thinking. how How does that concept of impact investing practically differ from you know what people think of as regular investing?
1: Yeah, so I guess um, it's kind of looking to have a benefit as whilst also getting a return. People generally want to get a return when they're investing. So I guess when you're having an impact, the two things to think of is the financial return and then the impact part of it. And so if you think of just the impact side for a moment, and you can have our sort of a spectrum, almost from philanthropy, which could be considered sort of concession investing. You're, you're not expecting a return off there, but you're expecting it to have an impact. So you make a donation. The organisation then goes and tries to have an impact on a problem. And then the other end of that is where you could be um, directly investing in a in a company that is identified a problem and is trying to fix something in the world or have positive impact in the world with, like, it could be a new product or, or a new drug or a new way of doing something. Um, and so that's kind of, you could be in for a very high risk, high return, but also it's a high amount of impact if it works. So it's kind of like a spectrum from, uh, on the impact side of just donations or philanthropy to actually then trying to fund a company who's trying to do something good and make that change. Um, on the investment side of it, it still kind of sits with the risk return. Uh, There's no sort of free lunch, the higher the risk, the higher potential return, and then there's everything in between there. So um, again, if you're investing in a a startup, there's obviously high risk and and the opportunity of something uh, of a bigger return, or you can try and invest in listed companies um, somewhere in the middle that are um, working towards having an impact in the world in some way. And we can go into that a little bit more in in a moment. Um, which gives, because our listed company is slightly less risk um, and slightly less return to even just like an impact GIC, whereby the money gets pulled and then loans get made out of there. Um, and so the GIC is very safe and you're going to get a pretty low return, uh, but the money might actually be going to, to some good um, at some point. So it really is a kind of big spectrum from literally philanthropy to sort of high risk uh, angel investing
0: okay so something for everybody who's either new to new to impact investing or maybe a bit more experienced and willing to to step out a little bit further on the ledge if if we can use that analogy um, so sure. let
1: me so go ahead yeah I, I just say and it really it really comes down to the impact part so i guess what i just described there for the investing part is the same for all investing. You know, you could go and open a GIC or you could go and do a very high risk uh, right. investment. And so it really is the adding on of the impact part that makes the difference of what kind of impact do you want to have and in, in what area, and then trying to find something that fits with the right amount of risk.
0: So can you give us, give us an example? I think that might be a good next step.
1: Yeah, so, um, so one example uh, that this, there's one, actually, I, I kind of quite like, um, and I heard this a few years ago, and I'm not sure where it is now, but uh, effectively in some sub-Saharan um, parts of Africa, there's a, an, a company that's set up to start solar like hubs, effectively, where they use solar to recharge batteries, and then people would come and grab a battery and take it home, and then that could actually power, uh, you know, power their home um, for a couple of days and then they would take it back and change battery. Now, this was substituting paraffin lamps or some other kind of fuel that they were burning in the home to get light or to get heat or to do whatever it is to power the generator. So the um, it's using renewable energy and batteries and it's actually, there's a whole host of benefits from it because the people now that are using it aren't breathing in the fumes. You're not creating as much CO2. Um, it's actually sort of somewhat endless energy and renewable. And then the hubs actually became a, a focal point for other businesses to, to sell auxiliary services and things. So that that is sort of um, one of the higher risk startup type uh, investments. By the company that was doing it, obviously needed funding to buy the infrastructure, get set up, and then to put this in place. Sounds like a very good idea. Makes sense to me. And this is why I remember this one because I just liked it. Um, and that can be an example of an impact investment. Uh, A sort of listed example, so a listed equity, so a a stock or share that just trades on a regulated market, so anyone can buy and sell it at any time. Um, Maybe one example is Vestas Wind, where their revenues, uh, they make the wind turbines, Um, they're out of Denmark, and their revenues 100% come from making and putting in wind turbines. So it's creating that renewable power, um, whereas other people do make wind turbines, but not all of the revenues come from that that's one part of the business. So by investing in that listed company, you're gonna get less return, um, versus wind, but possibly versus the private equity, but it's still having a positive impact, like they are still working to create good in the world and solve an issue. I, th- I hope that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, but those are great examples, thanks. Um, I think something else that would be helpful certainly for me and I'm sure for other listeners is the a lot of the terminology in investing and and sort of then layering on the this impact investing you you get a lot of acronyms and, and different terms that can be a bit confusing like ESG and SDG sustainable impact like what 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 do you find people are asking most commonly for clarification around with terminology
1: and what are some of these keywords that people should be aware of and the definitions? Yeah, and, um, it's a great question. I, I think that advertising and, and sort of, certainly the financial industry as a whole is not really helping here because there's no clear definitions of any of these terms. There's no sort of official definition of any of these terms have kind of evolved and people are just using them in different ways. But effectively, um, I would say, so ESG, just to break it down, it's environmental, social, and governance. And it really means that you're taking into consideration those three factors when you're making investment decisions. So you're considering the environment, the social impact, and the governance of companies. That, That doesn't really mean that you're having a positive impact necessarily. It just means you're considering them when you're investing. So what a lot of ESG investing Um, Does And it goes back to my point that all investing has an impact. So sometimes the uh, sustainable investing or responsible investing or ESG investing is merely not investing in companies having a negative impact. So that might be companies that are producing a lot of CO2 emissions um, or companies that have got a very poor human rights track record. So those companies under those types of investing, ESG, sustainable, responsible investing, people use those terms interchangeably and very differently Um, that might just mean that they are excluding the bad stuff that doesn't mean it's necessarily having a positive impact on the world in any fashion it's just not investing in in the sort of negative impact ones and and that's why impact investing as a term has kind of come about because really it's talking about the positive impact that can be had through the investing the problem is that it all gets jumbled up and thrown around and it's obviously the, the definitions and the, the delineations have mist. Uh, missed. Um, SDG, you mentioned in that is, um refers to the, the UN. So as all this is evolving, and again, it's fairly young and it's fairly new, um, there were lots of different ways of what is a positive impact. And so the UN actually came out with 17, Uh, Sustainable development goals are sort of identified areas that we need to address um, in order to, uh, I guess, be sustainable. Um, And so you can Google um, the UN SDGs and you'll see the 17 of them, but it covers everything from sort of uh, environmental impact to clean water to healthcare, education. And it's really um, global goals as a sort of blueprint to help the planet and, and help people. And so what's happened over time is that the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals, um, as identified by the UN, have kind of become the framework now that most people are gravitating towards when they're talking about having an impact. And so it's it's kind of thought as, which of the goals are you having an impact on? And then how would it be having an impact? So it gets down into a, lot, a few more layers um, than that, but I would recommend you know googling the UN SDGs, the 17 of them, to understand that.
0: That's yeah, that's re- really important information. I think that would be a great starting point for a lot of people just to to have a look at that framework if if you're new to this uh, area of impact investing to get a sense of what all is is out there from an, a non-investment perspective are <laughs> you yeah, uh, yeah. coming from the financial side of it coming from the what, where can you really make that impact yeah. so how then I mean again this all sounds really fantastic but when you're doing more traditional investing it's pretty I'm going to say easy to measure <laughs> wins and losses and how you've you know whatever your measure of success is relative to your your risk reward um, goals. In when we start moving into something like impact investing, how how do you actually measure impact? How do you know you're achieving your goals or the goals your uh, your client has has expressed
1: for you? Yeah, and um, that's kind of the million dollar question at the moment for the industry and certainly for um, reporting. Uh, concerns or so there's there's various i would say the first thing and going back to those un sustainable development goals what has happened is the industry kind of coalesced around them so the first thing is it's like okay what type of impact are you actually going for and and this is a a, a good thing for listeners to understand when they're trying to you know impact investing sounds very sexy it's, it's a very uh now term but it's like, what kind of impact do you want and where would you like it? So some people are very focused on education and really want to have an impact on improving education. Others might be environment. Um, others might be sort of uh, indigenous issues. And so everybody, we all have our own values. Um, and so I think the measuring of the impact is very key and you need to understand how that's going to be measured up front. Now, depending on the investment, there's going to be very different KPIs or key performance indicators or measurements or ways to impact uh, to measure that impact and see how it works. So um, if we go back to a private equity investment, so you are literally buying some shares of a startup or you're investing in a, in a young company that's trying to achieve an outcome that's going to have a positive impact on the world, you should be able to get a fairly good idea of what it is they're trying to do, the, the goals or the targets along the way, to measure are they on track and are they gonna have an impact? The problem with that is uh, they're gonna hit issues and road bumps and you know. so you need to be flexible, but there's, it's a communication thing there in terms of understanding what you're investing in, what the impact's going to be. Um, when it's a listed company, um, it's there's no sort of template way to do it again, but we have come up with a way and other people have come up with a way. And one thing that we look at is um, we look at two two metrics, I guess. One is the carbon created per million dollars of revenue. Um, and so that's looking at the sort of environmental impact. And so by putting it into million dollars of revenue, the carbon created per million dollars revenue, you can cross compare within an industry or you can cross compare different industries. And then we look at um, the impact they're having, the positive impact they're having using data providers uh, such as MSCI or Sustainalytics who scrub companies uh, quarterly reports of so annual reports, um, semi-annual reports, and they try and work out what impact the company is having in what areas. Now, under the reporting rules in various countries, there is becoming more legislation around reporting on emissions or positive impact that, that the company is having but they're not consistent across countries and then they're very slow to put in place. A lot of the reporting rules are accounting based and numbers. So as these, I guess, as the industry sort of is evolving or as impact is maturing, there's more demand for this information and companies are responding and providing it. So um, MSCI and Sustainability are two of the main data companies out there that scrub these quality reports and then give you numbers um, that you can then use to actually measure the impact for a listed company. It, it becomes a lot more tricky because um, not many listed companies get all of their revenues from doing something good. So there's only maybe 120 companies out of the MSCI world, which is about 2,000 of the largest companies in the world that actually qualifies having a positive impact. So it's, it's growing, but it's a small number. Um, so measuring it, Is tricky, and I think really for listeners that the main thing is understanding going in what impact you're looking to have and how are you going to measure it with the investment that you're doing, or how does how does the investment measure it? So it there's not an easy answer. It's just making sure that you understand um, how it's going to be measured and 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 how you know if it's a success because you can tell the investment return if it's successful or not. But it's hard to actually know if the impact is a success or not.
0: Grant, that was really a fantastic description and very helpful. I think we could probably talk for another couple of hours on this topic. Um, So we'll probably get you back on on another follow-up podcast if you're if you're open to that. Yeah. Uh, That'd be great. Uh, For me, a couple of takeaways from today is I I loved your comment that all investing has an impact, but what I really like about um, what you said is that thinking about what kind of impact do you want to have with your investing and how are you going to measure that impact. So um, Grant, it was great to have you on today. I certainly learned a lot from you. Thank you so much for joining the Tamarind Learning Podcast, and we'll look forward to having you as a guest again, hopefully in the not too distant future.
1: Excellent. Thank you for having me.